0: And right, edit all this out right now. Praise the Lord, everybody. Uh, welcome to Hope Haven Church. We want to thank you uh, for joining us on this morning uh, as we worship and lift the name of the Lord. Uh, please join me in prayer. Father, we thank you uh, for this opportunity for us to come together and to gather and to give you praise, honor, and glory. Uh, We thank you, Lord, for uh, moving in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for a week that you've kept us alive. And Lord, on today, God, we ask, Lord, that you touch our hearts, our minds, God. Uh, Allow us, God, not to just be doers, but hearers of the word, God, that the word applies, God, and that we're able to uh, manifest and go forth and do the principles, God, uh, that will be shown to us in the scriptures on today. And Lord, we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The title of this message is Sight and Sound. I'm going to be coming from the book of St. Matthew, uh, the ninth chapter, starting at the 27th verse. And it says, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be, let it be to you. And their eyes were open, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. As they went out, behold, they brought him to a man, mute and demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke. And the multitudes marveled, saying, it was never seen like this in all Israel. But the Pharisee said he cast out demons by the ruler of the demons. Then Jesus went all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel or preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. I want to talk today. Uh, and I'm going to title this message "Sight and Sound." Sight and sound. Uh, in the beginning uh, of time, uh, God created uh, all things through His Word. Uh, in The Book of Genesis, the first chapter, we see that in those six days, uh, God began to speak, and as He speak, and as He spoke, it was so. But on the sixth day, when it came to making man, God actually put his hands in the creation and in the making of the man. Uh, man, while he uh, walked into this uh, place of life, uh, recognized uh, that God was not only a God that was a creator, uh, but also he is a God who is a provider. Uh, and What Genesis 1 shows us is it shows us the provision of God. For everything that Adam needed was inside of the garden of Eden. Even though God had proven that he was completely uh, a provider and that he was a provisional God and that he was a God uh, that would take care of Adam, uh, there still was disobedience that crept into the heart of Adam and his wife Eve. Uh, This disobedience now uh, allowed them to change the landscape of the earth due to their disobedience. Uh, They did not only change their nature, but they changed the nature and the course of creation. Uh, This disobedience brought forth sin, disease, chaos, and even death. Uh, For God had already warned them that the day that they had eaten of the tree was the day that they would surely die. And at this point, they have now changed the whole entire landscape of mankind. Uh, God, in his provisional plan, promised that he would restore the kingdom. Uh, He started already speaking through his prophets and through uh, his word uh, immediately after the fall in Genesis 3 and 15, uh, where he begins to share that the seed of the woman's heel would crush the head of the seed of the serpent. And as we begin to go throughout all of the scriptures, we begin to see messianic prophecies of God promising a restoration of his kingdom. Uh, One of the prophets that gives us many uh, uh, insights Into what God was getting ready to do uh, when He came on the earth uh, through His Son Jesus Christ uh, was the prophet Isaiah. Uh, It was Isaiah who spoke in Isaiah 29 and 18, where He began to share with us how the Messiah would allow deaf ears to hear and blind eyes to see. It was Isaiah who shared with us in Isaiah 35 that the tongue of the mute would sing for joy. And so when Christ came into the earth, His assignment was not to abolish the law, but to fulfill all of the word of God in all of its prophecies. So what we are witnessing and what that we're getting ready to go through here in the ninth chapter of Matthew is nothing more but confirmation of what God had already spoken in the book of Isaiah. Uh, we come here in the 27th verse and the Bible says, And when Jesus departed from there... Uh, It's telling us here that Jesus uh, is moving and he has just left a current situation. Uh, That current situation uh, was Jesus was on his way uh, to a particular place, uh, a man by the name of Jairus, in order to raise his daughter. Uh, But while he was walking, the Bible says there was a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. Uh, She had tried every physician. She had tried every option. Uh, She was exhausted. Uh, Her medical insurance had reached its peak. She could not pay any more medical expenses, uh, but she had enough faith to understand who was getting ready to walk past her. And she made up in her mind, although there were a bunch of people around Jesus, if I can press my way and touch the hem of his garment, then I can be made whole. And it was through her pressing and through her faith that God healed her. Jesus now walks into the house of Jairus, and as he walks into the house, there are people who are playing flutes, uh, they're playing somber music, people are weeping, people are mourning, uh, and Jesus recognizes that in order for him to complete this miracle, he has to move them out of the way. Uh, You have to understand that you cannot have fearful people in a moment of faith. Uh, But you have to have people in the room with you when you are believing God to do something that can trust God along with you. Uh, So therefore, there are times in your life that when you're trusting God, you got to move certain people out of your space. Uh, So now we get to the 27th chapter after he has healed the woman with the issue of blood, after he has healed Jairus' daughter. And the Bible says when Jesus departed from there, when he departed from the woman uh, with the issue of blood and when he departed from Jairus' daughter. And what we want to understand here as well is that Jesus had a group of people that were with him at this point. Uh, We know that he has his disciples. He has his 12 guys. Uh, But after this point, he has healed a woman with an issue of blood. So I'm sure there are people that are following him from that miracle. Uh, He has healed Jarius' daughter, and I'm sure there are certain people that are following him from that miracle. So at this point, Jesus has a whole group of people behind him because they have recognized and they have seen with their own eyes the power of God. So the Bible says, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him. Now watch this here. Uh, They can't see, (laughs) Uh, but they hear and they use their other senses so that they can get to Jesus. Uh, You have to understand that during this time, blindness uh, was a very uh, frequent occurrence in all of Israel. Uh, Many people uh, were struck with blindness uh, either due to sunlight, uh, either due to sand, either due to war uh, and even uh, when it came to germs uh, in their mother's womb due to venereal diseases. Uh, so what would happen was children would come out blind because there was tight ty- all different types of diseases inside of the womb of their mother uh, which may give us some insight to the book of st. John the ninth chapter uh, when there was a blind man and the disciples begin to ask Jesus was he blind based off of the sins of his mother or was he blind because he was a sinner uh, but Jesus says it was not because of his mama or his daddy and it wasn't because of who was him because it was him but he was blind so that he could glorify God in this situation uh, which teaches us that regardless of what our past is and regardless of what our journey is uh, sometimes God allows us to go through certain things uh, so that he can get glory out of it Uh, many of us have had some situations in our lives where we begin to question God why did this happen and if I can tell you something today I would tell you the reason why certain things happen in your life was so that God could get the glory out of it sometimes he has to put us inside of dark deep places uh, where we can't trust anybody but him to bring us out and when he brings us out our faith is secure that Jesus is Lord. Uh, I wish I had some folks that could be a witness with me on today uh, that know the testimony for themselves uh, that if it was not for the Lord who was on your side you would have messed up and you would have been left a long time ago but thank God that God put you in a place where only you could trust him and when you put your trust in him he brought a transformation in your life but now let's go back to the text here Uh, the Bible says that there were blind men following him and crying out son of David have mercy on us The Bible says here that they're crying out. Uh, When you look at the Greek word, it basically means that they are screaming like they've lost their minds. They're doing everything that they can do to get the attention of Jesus. Uh, Now, this is the Son of God. This is the man that is God, and this is the man that is man. He's man, and he's God. Uh, So something tells me that he hears their voices, but yet he continues to ignore them. Um, And that reminds me of some of us sometimes where it seems like we have been praying and praying and fasting and fasting and crying and crying and shouting and shouting, and it seems like we can't get God's attention. I'm here to encourage you. Sometimes God is quiet because he's trying to see how far you're willing to stretch your faith for your miracle, Uh, and I'm here to tell somebody today this is not the time to stop praying. This is not the time to stop crying because somebody is one prayer away from God giving them solution for whatever they're going through, so don't stop screaming and don't stop hollering right now. Oh, I need somebody to type in the comment section, keep on hollering. Uh, don't you stop making noise. You need to keep making noise to get God's attention and say, God, I won't let go to you bless me. You got to get that spirit like Jacob back in Genesis where he wrestled with the angel all night long till the angel got to the point that he had to say, let me go. And sometimes God just wants to see what your persistence is, uh, how far you are willing to go in order for you to get your miracle. Uh, So these men are screaming. These men are hollering. These men are doing everything they can to get God's attention. And the Bible says, and when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. Watch this. They were so desperate for a miracle that they were willing to go through the doors of the house of a stranger. (laughs) Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? I believe this is a rhetorical question. Uh, so he's not necessarily looking for them to give them for them to give him an answer or give him an answer over something that's common sense. I'm sure they heard the story about the woman with the issue of blood. I'm sure they heard the story about Jerry's daughter. I'm sure they heard the story about the miracles in the previous verses. Uh, so it's not that Jesus is asking them whether or not he can do it. What Jesus is actually getting them to do is give them give him a confession of faith. <laughs> because what he's actually saying here is that. I just don't want to heal your body but I want to heal your soul and in order for me to heal your soul and to save your soul I need a verbal confession from you y'all missing it here Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that he rose again on the third day that you shall be saved what God is looking for in this text here is for a verbal confession because he Healing them is no problem. Uh, but what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to give you eternal life. And I'm glad you want to be healed. But if I never heal you, I hope you're satisfied that your life is secure with me in eternity. Uh, somebody see, somebody, holler, keep yelling, keep yelling, keep yelling. Uh, somebody just type in the, in the message, keep making noise, uh, because you want to get God's attention on this morning. Uh, So it says, and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. I want to go back to the 27th verse where it says son of David, Uh, because what they were saying right there was they were confessing that they knew who he was. I told you a few chapter, a, a few minutes ago, uh, that when 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 Jesus or when Adam had sinned, God had already made a provisional plan of escape for mankind. Uh, so what did He do? Is He spoke through the prophets and He spoke through uh, uh, men throughout the Old Testament scripture of a coming Messiah. He told Abraham that nations would be blessed through Him. He told Judah that the scepter shall not depart from him. Uh, but the best scripture that comes to mind is the book of Second uh, Samuel. Uh, in Second Samuel, uh, the seventh chapter in the twelfth verse, uh, God tells David that I'm going to put your name upon the throne forever. Uh, he wasn't talking about Solomon. He was talking about Jesus. So therefore, Jesus would be the son of David. In um, the book of Saint Matthew, the twenty-first chapter in the ninth verse, uh, we begin to see on Palm Sunday uh, that as Jesus was go- on the on the on the call going through Jerusalem, uh, they begin to say, Hosanna, son of David. What they were doing was they were acknowledging that Jesus was the son of God. So what these men were doing when they called him son of David was they were confessing that they knew that he was the Messiah. Uh, And then Jesus just needed confirmation that they believed that he was who he was. So they said to him, yes, Lord, we believe that you are, you are able to do this. Uh, So now we get to the 29th verse and it says and he touched their eyes and he says according to your faith let it be to you i believe it was much more deeper than him healing their eyes of their natural eyes i believe that at this point when god opened their natural eyes he also opened their spiritual eyes so that they could see and so that they can receive the revelation of who jesus christ was so now we go to the 30th verse and it says and their eyes were open." And Jesus sternly warned them, saying, see that no one knows it. My question is, is why would Jesus sternly tell them? Why would Jesus sternly tell them not to tell anyone that he healed them? Why would Jesus struggle with them sharing the testimony of their healing? I wrestled with this text all week. God, why wouldn't you want them to go out and share with the people that you healed them? And two thoughts came to mind. The first thought was this. They spoke and they called him son of David. And if he was the son of David, then he would be the king of Israel. Herod, y'all remember back in Matthew uh, 1 and 2, was an insecure king. And when he found out that Jesus was born, he sent forth men to kill every child that was two and under. So Jesus understood that the Romans were not ready for the revelation of who he was. But the sad thing is he also understood that the Jews were not ready for the revelation of who he was. So he was basically telling these men to remain quiet because the people could not handle who he was. Mm. Oh, that's a terrible thing that uh, he has to somewhat hold his identity because he the people around him cannot accept that he is the Messiah. Uh, they were looking for a revolutionary leader. They were looking for someone that would cause a revolt against uh, the government of this world. And they missed the revelation uh, that the kingdom uh, that Christ was speaking of, and the kingdom of, Uh, that was spoken of through the prophets, uh, was not necessarily a kingdom for this earth, but it was the eternal kingdom. Uh, So what he was telling them is, I need you to just be quiet because the people will not be able to understand or grasp the theology of who I am. So now we see here uh, that they don't, they're not obedient. So the Bible says in the 31st verse, but when they departed, the men begin to spread news about him in all that country. Now watch this. And as they went out, behold, they brought to him a man mute and demon-possessed. They show us something here. Jesus is saying, I don't want you to tell nobody for three reasons, or two reasons. One reason is because they won't be able to handle The revelation of who I am. But the other reason is because I want them to know and see me for themselves. I don't want hearsay. Uh, Because some folks, uh, uh, you can talk about Jesus all you want, but some folks need an experience. And what he is saying is, in order for them to get the revelation of who I am, they're going to have to have an experience with me. So just remain quiet, they'll have their experience. (laughs) But I love what these men do, that even though they're disobedient, uh, they go grab someone else who has an ailment. And they bring him to Jesus so that that man can have an experience for himself. Uh, yeah, but they're saying, is Jesus, what you're saying to us is that you want the people to experience you for themselves, all right? What we'll do is we'll bring them to you so that they can have the experience. Uh, Can I ask you a question? When was the last time you brought somebody into the presence of the Lord or brought someone to church or brought someone the gospel so that they can have an experience with Jesus? Uh, Or Are we just getting our healing and our blessings for ourselves and we ain't sharing the gospel with no one else? Uh, What these men show us is that after God does a miraculous move in your life, you need to grab somebody and bring them through so that they can have the same experience that you have. Who have you shared the gospel with this week? Who have you talked to about the Lord on this week? Who have you texted and encouraged them in the Lord and and told them that God is on their side? When was the last time you reached out to someone and prayed with them? We cannot have these experiences with God and not draw someone else in so that they can have the experience that we have. So what they do is they say, we're blind, but we got a friend that can't talk. What messes me up in this text is that he's not mute from just being deaf. He's mute from a demonic spirit. And the Bible says that they bring him to Jesus. And as they went out, they brought a man mute and demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke. Jesus uh, fulfilled Isaiah 35. And when the mute spoke, uh, the multitudes marveled saying it was never seen like this in Israel. But watch this. (laughs) But the Pharisee said, he cast out demons by the ruler of demons. And this is why Jesus told those men, don't tell anybody. Because these people can't handle the revelation of who I am. They'll try to make an excuse rather than accept and understand that I am the Messiah that they've read about all their life. Too many times we miss the move of God in our life because it didn't come in the way that we expected it to. Too many times we walk past blessings that are blessings in disguise because God wants to see whether or not you can look beyond what you see with the natural eye and see the blessing in it. And here is an example in this 34th verse of the Pharisees who are sitting in the presence of the Lord, but missed the moment because it didn't look the way they expected it to look. I pray that we don't miss the move of God in this season. It's a pandemic. COVID-19 is crazy. We're going through a whole lot of other stuff with justice reform and things of that sort. And if we allow ourselves, we will become clouded into seeing God in this. And I know y'all like, how is God in this? God is in this. At the beginning of the year, I remember scrolling through Facebook and seeing all these folks putting uh, uh, their church slogans. And it was 2020, the year of, of vision, 2020 vision. And, I, you know, I, I said, OK, praise God. You know, been there, done that, seen all these titles. Everybody said this is the year 2020 vision. And then uh, Corona hits. And nobody can see. Then the brother Aubrey gets murdered down in Georgia. Then sister Brianna gets murdered out in Louisville. Then brother Floyd gets murdered out in Minneapolis. Now we really can't see. And what you fail to understand is that God has given us more vision this year than any other time because what he has done is he has revealed and taken off the covers over things that have been concealed and we're starting to see who real people, who the people really are. God is showing you the hearts of the people around you. God is showing you the hearts of the people in high places, and what He actually is doing is He's giving us 2020 vision. We just don't like what we see. So what we see here is we see in this text that the Pharisees don't like what they see. They expected a man on a high horse. They expected a man with a sword to go up against Herod. They expected a man that, is, that was ready to cause a revolt. And because he doesn't look the way I expected him to look, I'll dismiss him as somebody that's playing around and toying around with demons. But I love the 35th verse. It says, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. He was preaching or teaching in the synagogue. What is the synagogue? Uh, The synagogue was uh, a place that was developed after uh, the Babylonian captivity came in. After uh, the children of Israel uh, were were taken by by the Babylonians, uh, they did not have a temple. So what they did was they would have meeting spaces called the synagogue. And this was the place uh, where they would judge. This was the place where they would worship. This is the place where they would read from the Torah. uh, And that's where the synagogue came from. And we see here that uh, what they would do during those times is there would be synagogues all around where the believers in a certain town could come together. Uh, and just like now where we have church steeples, uh, they had certain poles uh, so that if a Jewish person was from out of town, uh, they could look up to a pole and if they saw the pole, they would recognize where a synagogue was and they could worship with the people. Uh, this was a place of education. This was a place where they would teach the children. Uh, so Jesus found it uh, uh, rightfully so to go into this place and teach them the word of God. And they began to marvel at his teachings uh, because he began to reveal himself throughout the Old Testament. Uh, but he not only uh, taught inside of the synagogues, but the Bible says that he preached the gospel of the kingdom. And uh, What the word preaching there means to proclaim outside. So what he not only did was he preached inside to the church folks, but then he went outside and preached the gospel to the folks that didn't come into the church. And then after he did that, he healed the sick. Now watch this. he teached, He preached and he healed the sick. He fulfilled the prophetic word of Isaiah 61. But then we go back to the 34th verse and it says, but the Pharisee said he cast out demons by the ruler of demons. He's done everything he's supposed to do. And yet the people still doubt him. Because they don't want their Messiah to look like this. Church, I'm closing here, but I want to say this to you. Let's not miss our moment in this season. Let's not miss God. Let's not miss the fact that God is moving in the midst of everything that's going on. And we might not like everything that's going on, but we got to trust that God is in control of everything that's going on. And as long as we keep our trust in him, he'll order our steps and we'll be okay. This is not the time to panic and freak out. This is the time for us to pray and seek God like never before. I don't have three points today, uh, but if I had a point today, I would tell you to keep hollering. Keep making noise. Keep praying. Keep fasting. Keep trusting him. Keep holding on to his word. Keep encouraging someone else. Because sometimes God is just trying to see how far you're willing to stretch yourself before he blesses you. And some of us are on the breaking point of God doing something new in us, but he's waiting to see how far you're willing to go for him to do it. Keep stretching yourself till God does it. The other thing I would tell you is look for Christ in everything. Look for him in everything. God is on our side. And if we are believers and he has promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us, then look for provision in this season. We're going through some hard times, but I serve a God that can do miracles. I serve a God that can open up doors and bless us in the midst of a pandemic, a recession and everything else that's going on. Don't allow your circumstances to cloud your vision and not see that God is with you in this season in your life. I want to thank you guys for joining us on today. I want to finish with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity for us to come together, Lord, in your name and to give you worship and glory. Uh, We thank you, Lord, for this word. God, in this season, God, we are going to pursue you like never before. God, this is not the time for us to stop praying. This is not the time for us to stop believing, and we will not do so. And God, we will continue to plead for your mercy. We will continue to plead for your grace. We will continue to plead, God, that you change certain situations. We will continue to plead, God, that you just allow the light to shine in the midst of darkness. And, God, we are stretching our faith to believe you even when everything seems bleak, rough, and hard. God, we trust you right now. And, God, we ask, God, that you touch our hearts, touch our minds, God. Allow your church to have unity in this season, God. Destroy all of the division, God and draw your church back as one body as you had called it to be. And, Lord, we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. As many of you know, um, we are still uh, quarantining, uh, where many of you are watching the service from home. And once again, I want to thank you for joining us. Um, And we also just want to let you know that uh, if you want to be a blessing uh, to Hope Haven Ministries, Uh, There are two ways that you can give. You can either go to our website. uh, We're also registered on Givelify. Uh, It's an application where you can find Hope Haven Church, three taps and give. It's very easy. And we want to thank all of you for your donations and your giving during this time. Uh, We have not missed a beat. Uh, We are able to continue to do our missions. We're able to continue to bless families in our community. Uh, And that's all because of your contributions and your giving. So we want to thank you again. And we just want to thank God. Uh, that God is continually blessing Hope Haven so that we can continue to be a blessing to others. God bless you all. I love you and I'll see you soon.